Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Welcome, it's Dr. Homebrew. Everyone's freaking me out in the studio because I put the beer down. I was like, this is it, right? And like, dead silence, crickets. Well, yeah, because the fucking intro was playing and the headphones were on. I'm like talking and the mics weren't on. So you guys are like, yeah, uh-huh, what? And I'm like, I oh my God, so. if I screwed this up, I'm going to be so mad. We'll but drink, I didn't because I'm a champion. We'll drink Brian. whatever you give us and tell you it's the right beer, <laughs> yeah, JP. That's right. When we have the, the guest on, they'll be like, no, I don't remember that being a stout. Pretty sure it wasn't a stout. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, what are you going to do? Anyway, we got the right beer because, like I said, I'm a champion. Or we're champions together. Something happens. Anyway, this is Dr. Homebrew, where we taste and judge your beers. If you want to be a part of the show, email me, jp at thebrewingnetwork.com, and I will get back to you in probably four months, because we're pretty backed up. But get your name in now, and uh, reserve your spot in line for Dr. Homebrew. That's right, Dr. Homebrew. The insanely popular show from the Brewing Network. Not like that other show. That's really boring. And There's another show? Me. I didn't realize that this uh, was it. They, bu- they built the studio just for us, I believe. Pretty much. Um, Little did they know. Yeah. Uh, before we get into it, though, I do want to tell you guys about, or actually I want to thank our sponsor, Five Star. Go to Five Star Chemicals for everything you need to know about cleaning and sanitizing your home brewing equipment. We drink a lot of beers here on this show, and some have faults because of uh, unsanitary conditions. And it's very obvious and very clear and very easy to avoid. So head over to Five Star. Use your PBW. Use your Star Sand. If your local homebrew shop doesn't have it, consider shopping somewhere else because it's pretty, uh, it's pretty mainstream. It's pretty important. Uh, it's very important. It's probably one of the most important things you can do. Probably the most. Would you guys agree? The most important thing. Yeah, the first time I went to Clean a homebrew sanitizer. shop and bought a homebrew kit, this this guy, Al, was like, three things you need to know about homebrewing. Sanitation, <laughs> sanitation, sanitation. <laughs> okay, Al. Thank yeah. you for the tips. Thanks, Al. I'll listen to all three of those. <laughs> Were you his bodyguard? Yeah. That song? I don't know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> cool. Good story. But uh, on my part... <laughs> I, whatever, Brian. You did great. You did great, Brian. I, I didn't do so good. Well, you're the host. I'm not supposed to do good. Well, we give you the benefit of the doubt sometimes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for considering. You try hard. If you you give a C plus performance, we give you an A. <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate you. You you took time and you considered fearless it. leader here, and that's what I like. Yeah, I, I don't like just being told willy nilly stuff. Uh, so we have a couple of beers. We have uh, Michael in the studio. Michael, how you doing, man? Doing great. And then we have Tom. We're going to get Tom on a little bit later. I've, I've already pushed him back like three oh, times. I'm going to have to push him back a little bit more. But, uh, Michael, you brought a uh, Dark Mild in, right? That's correct. Yeah. All right. I can't wait to drink the if, shit out of that JP thing, JP would dude. just stick to the teleprompter and not go off the cuff as much, so we probably would get to the, the guests faster. That's it is, it's, it is all my fault. Have you had a chance to try the Solidarity on tap? I did, yeah. I was actually curious because I've heard you That's rave about so it. That's so good. You it like good. it? It's yeah, really it good, good, right? 
Um, and then we have Tom on with a Mertzen, I believe, right? Yep. All right. Uh, well, since Michael's here, let's just start with Michael. Brian, you want to start first, buddy? Yes. Are you pouring me a fresh one there? All right. No, that's that for JP, actually. Oh. Ha, that's right. Jeez. That's right. Jeez. Keith is now my new favorite. Denied. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I thought this beer... <laughs> Had a nice. I'll just use the one I drink. You just, you just poured it like like five minutes ago. <laughs> That's <there>. true. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's not changing too much. Uh, in the nose, it's pleasantly malty. Um, kind of nice medium level of malt. It's, it's not insubstantial. Uh, it has a toasty, grainy-like quality and a light nuttiness with that. Very faint uh, cocoa-like like notes in there. Very clean uh you know, there's no negatives in here. I'm not getting to acetal, yeah. um, acetaldehyde, any of that stuff, DMS. The um, the fruity esters are very low and out of the way. Uh, there's no real hop to be detected here. I'm not getting anything anything in particular there at all. It's just yeah. um, everything out of the way. It's just all malt, which is kind of nice for the, a dark malt. Did we say what style it was? Yes, we did. Okay. We did, yeah. 13A. Not 15A, 13A, yes. Um Appearance-wise, it has a nice brown color. Um, it it pours with no head at all, just a few frothy bubbles forming at the, just a part of the edge. <laughs> the first one I poured is like just a, a few bubbles around the edge, so it's like maybe a, just a bottling issue or something there. Um, the beer is slightly hazy, but it, it, they're traditionally unfiltered. You can have a little bit of that, um, so that's that part's fine. Uh, just should have a little bit of a head at least, even though it's a session beer, low carbonated. Um, Flavor-wise, getting you know a nice pleasant maltiness up front. It's got toast, nuttiness, and a light chocolate. Um, and again, seems very cleanly fermented. Definitely balanced to the malt. Somehow managed to pack quite a lot of flavor into you know what's otherwise a pretty small beer, which I thought was nice. Uh, finishes pretty dry. Uh, the bitterness is, is low and out of the way. Um, not, no, di- no DMS or diacetyl. The malt just lingers into the aftertaste, and that's, I mean, it's pretty much, that's what you get is, that, is you know, yeah. nuttiness, chocolate, little toast. It's it's nice. Um, Mouthfeel-wise, it's medium light body. It's not too insubstantial, honestly. It, it feels like a little bigger beer than it, than it, than it probably is, um, which is kind of nice. You know, if they get too light, it's kind of boring and too just watery. It's not watery. Um, no, definitely not. Very low carbonation, no astringency. It's quite smooth, even though the the dryness would leave it susceptible to any hint of astringency. So that's nice. Just just smooth overall. So I mean, the main it's a very pleasant drinking dark mild with a clean fermentation. Uh, just has almost no carbonation, which detracts slightly from the flavor, but it still tastes really good. And it's I've kind of find myself forgiving that a little more. Then I might if I was just feeling harsher today, but um, <laughs> I'm, you know, you caught him on a good day, so that's good. Yeah, if you bump that up a bit, you just you have a very fine, fine beer indeed. So I, you know, I gave it what I thought it would be with just a, a little more carbonation. I gave it a 39. A little more carbonation might push it up. It's probably a 40, you know, 40 point beer to me. So it's it's pretty tasty, and I just only knocked it down a little bit for that carbonation because I can tell what's here and how well it was brewed, and just the the balance is so nice that I just really like it. So, um, yeah, thanks for sharing, Michael. Awesome. 
All right, Keith, go for okay. it, dude. So I'm going to be the bad cop here. Um, <laughs> I'm having Bring a bad it. day. I've been having a bad week, so uh, this it is going to be a r- really, really rough. Bring um, it. Yeah. For some reason, this uh, beer off the uh, right away on the nose smells like pizza. I'm not sure why. <laughs> <laughs> a strong sausage aroma. No. Seed. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so I got a medium cocoa, caramel, uh, medium low coffee, light graininess, um, no hops, esters are very subtle, uh, very clean overall with just a trace of green pepper. I, I got it as it warmed a little bit. Um, appearance, dark brown, once again, as Brian mentioned, almost no head. A um, little bit of medium haze, I would say. Uh, looks a little too lifeless, I think, in terms of uh, carbonation in general. Once again, you know, it's supposed to be a, a low carbonated beer, but this is uh, pushing that a little bit. Flavor-wise, sweet caramel malt, low chocolate, hints of coffee, also getting that green pepper, some spiciness from that, light sulfur, uh, yeastiness, um, very dry uh, finish. Um, Balance uh, is definitely towards the malt, though, and the bitterness is uh, very low. Um, No hop flavor, but overall, very, very clean beer. Medium low body, which is appropriate. Very low carbonation, which is a little too low. Um, just maybe just a hint of astringency from some malt, but no. Overall, I think that's really you know really well done there with having the dark malt and not a lot to hide behind. Um, really enjoy this beer. Really enjoy the style overall. I know we had a style earlier today um, that I didn't really like that much and gave it a, a fairly high score, but this beer is a style I really enjoy. I thought you did a really good job with this. I love the uh, the notes of chocolate, coffee, um, the slightly sulfur notes from the yeast. Uh, interested in knowing what yeast strain you use there. Not off-putting, really. I just just picking up a little bit, a little bit of that um, sulfuriness and... Uh, Carbonation, actually, obviously, the carbonation issues are the biggest problem here, and that's a pretty easy fix. I'm, I'm assuming that's probably just a bottle, bring you know, bringing a full bottle in, and you know, when we opened it, it was filled all the way at the top, so um, no big problem there. But it's something you know, for a competition, you'd want to want to clean up just a little bit uh, to push it over, push it over the top there. I gave it a 35, uh, just out of out of you know, just not having carbonation overall. I have a hard time giving anything higher, probably than something along that that line of the score. Well, you know, um, Michael's in the studio here, so, you know, we're just, and he looks like a nice guy, just, yeah, no, no, I didn't, <laughs> not being overly kind, I don't think, I, I don't know, I just really like the balance of it, I could see yeah. what it would be with that little, one little fix. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, Michael, you want to hit your recipe up, and we'll uh, sure. kind of start there. Go for it, dude. So... I've been brewing milds for a while and found that I like a balance of the... I use Golden Promise for most of the base malt, but I've been blending in the um, the Ashburn Mild Malt. Hmm. Who makes that? Uh, I'm not sure. I think Breeze. Okay. I, yeah. Hmm. But I think good. it's meant to give a little more body with still an English kind of character to it. Okay. Or more malty character. Okay. So not like a crystal malt, but just kind of more no, like it's less a, it's a pale, residual it's like sweetness. A base malt, but oh, really? Okay. With more residual body to it. I guess. Okay. Because Golden Promise has that, I think, too. Right? The, the, yeah. To me, that leaves a sweeter finish. Okay. Yeah, I could probably get away with just Golden Promise. I've just gotten in the habit of using this mild malt. Yeah. So those are the two uh, base malts. They make up 
uh, 70, almost 74%, so most most of the grist. Okay. And then I use uh, some wheat flaked, flaked wheat, and some, uh, a bunch of different, now, character malts to add in some color flavor. I used uh, Karistan, which is just a nice, sweet, crystally, caramely malt. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Golden Naked Oats from Simpsons. I really like those as a crystal oat malt. I used uh, something from Simpsons called, they call the DRC. I, I'm not sure what that, that is a dark, it's just a dark crystal. Dark roasted crystal, yeah. Okay. And that's the first time I've used it, actually. Hmm. It was kind of an experiment. I was also using, um, I like, for the roasty character, I like the Carafa Special 2. Mm-hmm. And How much of these are you using? Um... So the the wheat and the karistan, the caramel malt, I uh, mm-hmm. used a half a pound of each okay. in a five-and-a-half-gallon batch. Okay. Uh, I used uh, four ounces of everything else, so... Um, Not a lot. No. Yeah. Little tastings of each. Uh, and yeah. then finally, a, a British Dark Crystal, um, just to add more of that kind of sweet, fruity... Kind of to soften some of the roast, but add a little bit of richness to it. Okay. What about for hops? For Not- hops, I just did one edition of East Kent Golding than this one. Uh, okay. I played around before with like a later edition for more floral notes, but didn't want to do that in this this batch. So. Yeah. It's all okay. about the malt, yeah. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, well, you heard their feedback. Do you have any questions for the... What about yeast and oh, uh, water as well? Yeah, so... Or you can call back in later and tell us those <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah, just go out and come back in again, over and over again. Uh, yeast, I have tried many different yeasts for this style, and for a variety of reasons, one of which is just convenience, I've been using the dry Windsor yeast from Danstar, and that's what I used in this one. It... Uh, I like the residual kind of... It doesn't ferment very well. It doesn't attenuate out that mm-hmm. much. But I like I like that about it. I've come to kind of be familiar with that characteristic of it. And, yeah. uh, it might be where some of that body's coming from, yeah, too. Yeah, I think it really adds or leaves some of that that body. Um, and uh, just, just amazing... I can't say that I really know what I'm saying when I say this, but like this English character, there's like a mm-hmm. lot of character to it that I enjoy. And actually, you're drinking it pretty fresh. I blew it, brewed it uh, about a week and a half ago. Oh, okay. So that's also part of the carbonation issue. Um, still kind of picking up CO2 in the keg. Okay. So it's bottled from keg. Okay. Yeah. 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 You lose a little bit there too sometimes. Yeah. It's not quite there already, and then you bottle it off and, of that. And I always struggle trying to to know how much CO2 to give it. I am always going to lean conservatively just because this is what I like to drink every day, and I don't want yeah. it to be overly carbonated. It's it's a fine line, but I, I mean, I agree it's it's not carbonated quite enough. And how are you filling it up from the keg? Are you using like a bottle filler, or is it just straight from like a? It's a dip tube attached to a, a picnic line, yeah. so it's not the okay. gotcha the best, but that's it works. Yeah, better than nothing, man. Better than just opening the tap, right? <laughs> uh, water wise, um, I do use RO water 
and then build it up from there. I've I've been using um, Brune Waters spreadsheets. I, I like those a lot. Okay. If nothing else, just to get the mash pH right without having to worry about it. So what's the mash pH on on this beer? Um, let me pull that up. Um, just asking all the details, yeah. man. We're getting very in that's, depth here. What do you uh, What do you want to know for? Like, why do you why, do you have something specific in mind? You're kind of chasing down. I, I just I am interested. You know, for dark beers, I like to have the mash pH a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to see five four or five five something like that. I feel like it lower than that. Sometimes you start feeling a little bit of acidity. I, I don't know. It okay. Just, you know, I, I find that at home sometimes. I have a hard time in the San Francisco water. Just keeping the beer mash pH high enough. So that's why I wanted to ask you what the pH was. And then you know, you're building up from RO. What are you using to keep the um, you know, the pH high enough? Essentially, right. what are you adding back right. to it? What are you using you know, uh, baking soda? Are you using pickling lime? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of different things you can use there to, to get what you want to, want to get. And that's, mm-hmm. that's why I was asking. Okay. So personal reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's private. So, full disclosure, I actually have gotten a bit lazy in just trusting my spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. So, in, in in reality, we actually don't... I don't know the exact pH of the mash, but um, based on the spreadsheet, it was at 5.5. Okay. And to get that, um, I am using primarily pickling lime, a little bit of uh, baking soda. Okay. Uh, and then some calcium, uh, calcium chloride, gypsum... Mm-hmm. And in this one, a little bit of Epsom salts as well. Yeah, it seems like the water's good. But it all in very low amounts, like um, the finishing profile, I got 60 ppm calcium, 4 magnesium, 11 sodium, 52 sulfate, 61 chloride. So just trying to... I've, I've overdone it with the minerals enough to know that it yeah. really messes with the... Yeah. Uh, especially in this beer, I like to... I really enjoy it to be smooth and mm-hmm. then kind of aiming for a more soft mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. And I've known some of the, the minerals to really, like, Yeah, Epsom harsh. salt, Epsom yeah. salt especially, a little, little too much Epsom too salt. Much yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, less is always better on that, yeah. definitely. All right. Um, do you have any questions for the, for the guys about their feedback uh, to you? Fermentation temperature? These are questions aren't for you. I want you to know <laughs> I like, this. I like this. And they're they're for He's Michael. Prompting me, Jesus. Um, I believe I started lower, so like sixty five, mm-hmm. and then let it rise and also uh, warm it up in a in a water bath, essentially. Okay. Uh, up to 68 for a majority of primary. And then as it starts to settle down, raise it up and aim towards 72 and keep it there for two or three days and then let it drop mm-hmm. and chill it. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah, you're getting rid of all the diastol. Yeah. Uh, the beer can have a tiny bit and be okay, but I would prefer I prefer it like this with none. You know, it's just, yeah. why, why have why that in the way? <laughs> Um, anything else, Keith? He's, he's <laughs> about two more questions. Way down his <laughs> yeah. checklist. Do you want no. anything else? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Okay. Uh, no, the, uh, Michael, do you have any questions for the guys based on their feedback now? What was the, the ratio, the water to grist rate? The ratio? Jesus Christ. No. Michael, do you have any feedback for them? Um, any questions? <laughs> I really want to get this to is, you so the then best, you can... Uh, judging I've ever had. Okay, good. Just, just putting that out there. <laughs> All right, thank you. Um, it's live. I, yeah, I can't think. I can't think of any unique okay. questions. It, um, any 
I'm curious because I haven't gotten to try many dark miles like this. Yeah, there's none really out no. there. So there's not of a whole the lot. ones that you have all tried, yeah. Um, do you have any tips based on that? I mean, obviously, this is up to like a amount it's of personal, personal preference. Yeah, so right. at a point, yeah. screw you. But I'm curious because because I, I I'm interested in in also your palates. I know you have educated palates. So this is a little richer than a lot of the dark miles I've tried, mm. and that it's. But it's nice that way. It's got a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. Some of them come across as just too watery and, and boring to me. But this, I could drink a lot of, you know. It's really nice and, and sessionable. Did I, did you I ask say. you about the OG and, and Final Gravity? No. Yeah. Let's just, talk about it. Why don't you answer his question, Keith? You're the one that knows, uh, you know, you've been to London and you've I, drank I really haven't days. had a lot of dark miles there, to be honest. And even anytime you go to London now, you end up having American pale ale. Icy pretty much. Yeah, that's too bad. I mean, all the cask beers now tend to have American hops in them, so mm. it's kind of disappointing in that way. Um, and there are some places that are making things like milds, but um, yeah. and I, I've brewed a bunch, and I knew a guy who won first place in the nationals. He made a mild as well, and and, and I think I think he did a really great job with it. I, I'm interested in knowing how big it was and how small it was. I mean, you, obviously, you can cheat. I think a lot of times when you win in this category for competitions, you're at the very top end of the cat, you know, top end of OG, right. yeah. and you're high in final <laughs> gravity as right. well. So you're mashing high and you're using a less attenuative yeast strain and stuff like that and adding a lot of specialty malts. So it sounds like you're doing everything right generally anyway, but um, just wondered, yeah, those numbers, because it tastes like it's, it would probably be on the higher side is what I would it's be guessing. OG 1036, okay. and well, it got down to 1014, so it's yeah. about 2.9% calculated. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. That's where I like it, because like you were saying, I I like to drink this yeah. every yeah. day. Beer bong two or three a night. That's why I like my. That's how they do it in, in London. The miles they just have right. beer bongs everywhere, and foosball and beer bongs is all. What sounds fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> have you tried it with a like a California yeast or kind of a cleaner? Ale strain. I like because I like the flavors. For yeah. me, the the English fruitiness kind of is a little too much for me. Right. Um, but I think I like it just kind of crisp, and I like those those chocolate flavors and those notes, and then kind of just you know cut it off at the end. I, I haven't. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. only okay. done English strains with it. I did a the West Yorkshire with it recently, and mm. that was good. Okay. Um, but I mean, like you said, yeah. it's personal he's, preference. He's following so. kind of the conventional wisdom yeah. of if you're brewing an English beer, use the English ingredients. Yeah, and, and totally. And yeah. I, I've come to know that I, I like that English character. Like, yeah. I, I also make um, bitters that I just I crave that. I don't know what it is. It's the yeast, I think. The and I like it fresh too. When not all of yeah. the yeast, like most of the yeast is gone, but a little bit is left. That yeah. slight haziness. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like that flavor. It's probably where the little Good. bit of sulfur comes from too. The yeah. little bit. Of, that's where I was picking that up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's you know that's per- personal recent recent experience. I was taking beers and I was like, oh, there's still some, <laughs> there's still some yeast a little yeah. left in there, and there's a little yeah. bit of sulfur. So I think okay. it would taste weird with American yeast. It would just taste lifeless yeah. and what, weird. What is what is solidarity? I think it's American yeast. It, that's what I was noticing. It has a really clean yeah. profile, and that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they don't they don't bill it as an English mild. They just American yeah. dark mild, and so it's not really a thing. But yeah. it's crushable thing. mild, yeah. Um, but you know, maybe that's probably why I, I would be interested to try that yeah. grain recipe because it yeah. is so full. 
uh, and rich, but uh, you know, with uh, with American yeast. Well, uh, if that's it, do they make such a thing as a juicy mild? Keith, are you done? A Vermont style <laughs> mild? Four more, four more <laughs> questions. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm done. All right, thank you again. Thanks for coming Another in, Michael. I appreciate it. I'd be used. I'd be used. I forgot to ask about. <laughs> Why don't you guys go out outside and talk about the beer, and I'll talk to the next guest. Another, another pizza, Tom, pizza on, in the Tom. studio. Oh. Right, right. Uh, before we get to a break, though, uh, you know, guys, uh, GrogTag has amazing labels designed by professional designers who design professional things. But did you know they have loads of label templates that you can upload your own images into? Or that you can design your very own label and have GrogTag print them for you on their durable and reusable labels? Well, you can. Head over to GrogTag.com today and use code BNARMY for 10% off your purchase of some amazing custom labels. That's GrogTag.com. Use code B-N-A-R-M-Y. We'll be right back. This is Dr. Homebrew Hangout. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Now, back to the examination. Thanks for sticking out, everybody. Sticking out? Sticking out. Um, let's see. Before we get Tom on, you guys know uh, the folks at Craft Brew have released an awesomely compact conical fermenter called the Catalyst. Made from plastic that is over 90% more scratch-resistant than other plastic conicals and 71% less oxygen permeable. Its low-profile design allows it to fit snugly in your fridge or right on your countertop. Cleaning is a breeze because the entire lid snaps off, so you can be sure to get all those little crusties off the side. I was talking about that earlier. Yeah. Uh, perhaps the best part is the giant 3-inch butterfly valve at the bottom, which allows you to attach any size mason jar at the bottom for yeast collection during fermentation. <laughs> 
Recently, they teamed up with Stone Brewing Company to offer a homebrew version of the famous Stone Pale Ale. So be sure to check that out under the product section of their website. You can learn more about both of these things at craftabrew.com. I think you can pull out your whole like top rack of your dishwasher and put the whole thing inside there, too. It's another thing I've seen. Oh, really? Yeah. Just take off the lid, flip it upside down, and boom. That would be crazy. Yeah. Trying to get Tom here. All right. We'll get Tom on. I think we're pouring a Meriton from Tom, right? Tom's Meriton, yep. All right. Let's see if... uh... Oh, my God. Oh, it's her again. All right. You don't know how to dial. There's something weird going on with our phone. So, uh, Keith, do me a favor. Just start with Tom's beer, and I'll email him and have him call me. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, So this is a Meriton, Category 6A. Um, Just to clarify, there are now two different, essentially, Oktoberfests. There's the Fest beer, which is sort of a paler, uh, hoppier version of the beer. And then there's the Meriton, which is the more traditional amber uh, Oktoberfest that uh, people are more familiar with. The the Fest beer is now served at the Oktoberfest tents in in Munich. Meant to be pounded by the leader. Yeah, and this is more of the the old school... uh, Richer, richer version of it. I yeah. think with the with the American versions, they tend to make them a little too much, too much caramel. Um, they still still should be fairly dry uh, finish in the beer. It should be more about maltiness and less about caramel. Um, but uh, and I think you know, for example, not to you know hit a beer, but like Sam Adams is a really hoppy and very caramel caramel heavy version of the beer. Sam Adams has Oktoberfest. That's that's pretty popular, but it's not. It's probably not a very good Meriton. According to style, it's like we Americans do. We just amp everything up, <laughs> right, and throw some crystal in there for a good measure. Okay, so I'll, I'll jump into this one then. Uh, I got a rich, toasty malt character, uh, low caramel notes, medium low spicy hop aroma. I'm getting a, a hint of red apple ester. Um, that's medium low, low I would say, but no other off fermentation character. Uh, obviously, a, a Marison should be super, super clean. Um, Color-wise, light amber, um, small head. I think we got Tom on. Hang on a second. Tom, are you there? Yeah. Hey, yeah. man. Sorry about that. I don't know what the hell's going on with our phone system here in the studio today, but uh, it wouldn't let, wouldn't let me dial you. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, you did put right. in the, the 50 cents, I guess. <laughs> right. We're at, we're at a payphone. <laughs> we're at a bus stop. We do the show from a bus stop. It's a whole thing. Uh, anyway, Brian's in the middle of uh, of your, uh, of your um, what do you call it, of your beer. Um, cool. But just to recap real fast, uh, have you ever brewed this style before? Uh, no, no. Um, this is the first time I'm brewing this. Okay. Um, I've only brewed, like, one um, lager before this. Okay. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's a favorite style of mine, so I, I, it's one that I want to nail down eventually. Uh, you know, Sounds have good. A, have you lagered more brews to do. This is his second. He's only done one other one. Okay. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, sorry, Keith. Go ahead. I cut you off. You were talking about the head or something. I don't, I don't even remember. Keith, I was talking Andy, about head. Brian, whatever yeah, your name yeah. is. Brian, whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, small but long-lasting head. Maybe just a little bit off-white uh, in color. Uh, there's a, there's some haze, um, which is inappropriate. It should be brilliantly clear. Uh, so I gave it a two out of three on appearance. Uh, flavor-wise, deep malt, toasty bread. Once again, light notes of caramel. Um, overall, finish is medium dry. Bitterness is is medium, um, but it's apparent. I think balance. 
I don't think I actually know. Um, balance is probably maybe leaning toward the malt more than than uh, the, the hops. Uh, bitterness finish is a little bit harsh uh, for the style. Um, getting some oxidation, a little bit of bit of papery flavor as well. Um, and then finally, I'm getting that apple, that red apple flavor here too as well. I'm going to say as well as many times as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mouthfeel is medium. Carbonation is medium low. It's a little low for the style for the carbonation. Um, no warming. A little bit of astringency. Um, but um, maybe that's more just that, you know, the, the hop and the, the water sort of combo together. So overall, I thought it was a, a, a pretty pleasing beer. Um, I think the biggest flaw for me was that apple, the red apple flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a little bit, a little bit too much esters for a, a lager. Um, and then the finish just being a, a little, a little bit, a little bit hard. Um, I like to know, I hear a little bit about the water at, when we wrap up here in terms of uh, giving the feedback. Uh, what kind of water you're using there? Um, I think those are probably my biggest complaints. But overall, I thought it was a, a really, a really good beer. Um, and oh, sorry, also the, the paper, a little of the papery notes, a little oxidation. I'd like to hear about the age of the beer and also possibly, um, you know, how how you bottled it. Um, but overall, I gave it a 32. All right. Excellent. <clears throat> Go for it, Brian. Okay. Um, so I'm getting in the nose a, a pleasant, big bread, <gasps> bread crust-like malt up front. Um, there's a low spicy floral hop in the background. I didn't get... Um, I didn't get any big esters in there. I, I it's maybe almost none. I, now that you mentioned the, the 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 red apple, I could see a little bit of that, but it's not heavy. Uh, pretty clean lager profile overall. Any of the you know sulfury notes or anything are nicely subdued in there and uh, got cleaned up pretty well. So if we're not lagering very much, you're doing you're doing better than I did on my second lager. I think. <laughs> Um, no diacetyl, acetaldehyde, any of that stuff. Um, it's a nice, nice color, nice reddish, ambery, orangey body to the beer, with a low whitish head that faded pretty quickly. There was some moderate and um, haze in there, some obvious haze, which again, yeah, it should be cleaned up. But uh, the uh, flavor-wise, the malt is is clean and toasty, bread crust-like, and pretty pleasant. It's opening with a hint of sweetness from the malt, like more than just a hint. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. <laughs> but um, uh, you know, it finishes out okay. I mean, it should be maybe a little drier in the finishes. It's like medium to medium dry in the finish. Uh, so like you get a little hint of sweetness up front, and it kind of washes away a little bit, but not as much as they really wanted to for this style. It's definitely balanced the malt. There's not a lot of bitterness here, very subdued. Um the lager fermentation seems pretty clean to me. Um, but yeah, there's just enough hop to balance. There's not uh, no obvious alcohol in here. And again, none of the, I didn't get any DMS, diastole, acetaldehyde. Um, Mouthfeel-wise, medium-bodied, no alcohol warmth, pretty smooth on the palate. It's not biting to me. Um, I kind of disagree with Keith there. It's pretty smooth in the, in the mouthfeel. Uh, the carbonation seems a bit low. But um, it's, you know, kind of crisp and pleasant. The CO2 could be a bottling issue or something. You know, yeah. That happens. Uh, but overall, it's a very pleasant drinking. Marison, I liked it 
quite a bit. Um, you know, obviously using good good German ingredients um, to drive that malt flavor, and it's balanced you know correctly towards the malt. There's a couple of minor flaws, sure, like a little CO two and a little haze, um, but um, you know it's the um, Let's see. The low CO2 is kind of a minor issue, but it does affect a few things in the beer. When you have low CO2, it affects the appearance, uh, you know, and the flavors that are being driven in the mouthfeel. Although, if, you know, it's a pretty bold Meritzen. If you had more CO2, it could be driving even more bold flavors, and it might might push it a little further out of balance. So it's kind of funny that way. Um, could bump the CO2 up a little better to, you know, help enhance the crispness of the beer, too. Um, but, um, yeah, it's... That was a pretty nice beer, just a little bit big overall, and some kind of very minor, you know, fine tuning is needed there. But it's, uh, I gave it a thirty-six. I thought it was pretty tasty. Thanks for sharing it, Tom. All right, excellent. Yeah. Uh, you got any questions for the guys, Tom? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is like a, it's a favorite style of mine. So I, you know, I really want to nail it down. And um, one of the uh, one of the last beers that I had of this style that you know just blew me away was the um, Ballast Point Dead Ringer. Okay. It was, uh, yeah, it's just like, you know, I cracked that, and I was just like, oh, man, that beer. That's what I need to make. So, um, yeah, just uh, I think that what you guys are getting, you know, you're saying that a little papery, uh, maybe a little oxidized. That's probably from the bottling. Um, I bottled these beers a little while back for a competition in early December. Actually, I think it was a little earlier than that. Yeah. Um, I don't have, like, a counter-pressure filler, so I, you know, just did everything I could with, like, a dip tube and a lower-the-pressure yeah. cold bottle, like, all that stuff. But, you know, I didn't purge it for CO2 like I should have, so. Um, oh, damn it. You just had those bottles around. Well. Yeah. How did it do in the competition? Um, worse than it did just now. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, uh, it was kind of all over the map in the competition. Like, one uh-huh. person said there's way too much... Uh, hops. Another person said not enough hops, but it was in a you know Pacific Northwest competition, so I think everybody just wanted hops in it. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was kind of all over the map. So it was hard to start nail down, which is why I'm like psyched to have it on the show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, actually, uh, run through your uh, recipe if you wouldn't mind, if you have that in front of you. Yeah, I do. Um, okay, do so I first. pulled it off of uh, uh, a show from Doc uh, oh, when, when he uh, took over from. Um, for Jamil, like when Jamil had his first show, like first like three episodes, he did a Martin episode. <laughs> and you listened to Doc. Wow. Yeah, that's too bad for you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, so I'm he gave serious. like ranges, and I just kind of fell within the ranges somewhere. Just kind of randomly picked something. There you um, go. So I did a uh, it's a five gallon batch, um, and I did forty percent two row, thirty percent Munich malt, twenty uh, percent Vienna. Uh, a little un- just under 10% uh, Caramunic and 2% Carapils. And then I always throw in a handful of uh, flaked wheat for uh, to try to help with head retention because I've been having some problems with that in the past. Mm. Right. And what about uh, hops? Uh, so for hops, I did holler cow at uh, 60 minutes and then at 20 minutes. Um, so that was a 15.6 IBUs at the 60 minutes and the Eight IBUs at the twenty minutes. Okay. What about the uh, mashing regimen? What'd you do for the, the malt that you you mentioned? What were you doing? Was it just a single infusion, or were you you doing a uh, a sort of decoction? Yeah, I'm just a single infusion. Uh, you know, got cooler. Uh, so I did uh, uh, one fifty three was my uh, oh. infusion temperature. Yeah. 
And why the two row instead of pills malt? Um, I'm not sure. I guess uh, German. I mean, it was a it was a it was a pilsner German two row. Oh, so it was it uh, okay? So it was a, a German pills malt then. Okay. Yeah, it was German. Okay, for sure. Cool. Uh, okay, well, now that we have your recipe, now we can, I think, field any appropriate questions you might have. No, but we haven't gone through Keith's uh, checklist <laughs> yet. I was asking Keith. That's that's hey, my way of asking uh, Keith. Question number one. My, my way of asking Keith is, hey, Tom, do you have any questions? Okay. Yeah, uh, do you want to know, uh, like, what I was drinking while I was brewing? Or? <laughs> what were you wearing, more importantly? Let's get right down the fucking yeah. brass tacks. All right, we'll start with the shoes. Uh, <laughs> Not Crocs, please. Tell me it wasn't Crocs. We tell you what we're drinking. No, no cargo shorts, no Crocs. That's the rule, pretty much, for brewing. Yeah, that's yeah. what he's wearing right now. He's like motherfuckers. Uh, no, uh, so yeah, go ahead. What what, uh, what do you want to ask specifically from these uh, these handsome young fellows? Well, so it kind of sounded like you guys were saying that um, it was a little maybe on like the bigger end. Is that kind of what I was getting from you guys? I felt like it was a little, I, little bold um, flavor-wise overall. Yeah, and if you had more CO2 there, too, it would be pushing a little more. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, just a little sweet in the finish and a little, you know, I'd want it to be a little crisper maybe. And what was your, you had a lot of beefs over there, the oxidation <laughs> and the... Oxidation, uh, estuary, and I think the final was just a, a little bit, it felt a little harsh in the finish, maybe just the water. Uh, of the water was was going on. Yeah, we disagreed that. there, but I, I didn't think it was too big, so I think we disagreed we disagreed there. I thought, yeah. I thought to me, it felt like it, I guess maybe with the, the lack of carbonation, it did seem a little bit sweeter than maybe it it could have or should have. But I thought uh, beyond that, I thought with a little carbonation, it didn't seem like out of control. But I I don't know. I like bigger Meritsons. I think maybe mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, I'm a fan of that too. So I'm 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 okay with that advice. You know, going bigger. Um, <laughs> Unless I'm going to you know, enter to another competition and just get hammered again. Yeah, <laughs> right. Again, that's um, the American uh, way. Yeah. Uh, if you wanted to know my water, um, I uh, build up from RO uh, just because my uh, source water just changes so often. Yeah. It's hard to, to balance with it. Um, so I made uh, calcium, um, 75 parts per million, about 6.5 magnesium, 13 uh, NA. Uh, 53 uh, SO4, uh, 132 chloride, and uh, uh, nothing for HCO3. Seems, seems a little big. I, I would, you know, I would prefer to keep those numbers lower if I were, were doing it. I mean, it depends on what yeast strain you're using, too, because some yeast tend to even like calcium. Anyway, everyone's like, oh, you need to have your, your floor of calcium at 50, but I, I swear that some yeast strains do almost better when calcium's even below that floor. Um, so we haven't hmm. talked about yeast strain yet, but it seems like some of those numbers are like a calcium is a seventy. If I was building up, I would be like, oh, I don't, I want to max out at fifty for calcium and and kind of stay there and, and not go any higher. Like let's add as little as we possibly can to our water and a lot and, of sulfates too. Yeah. yeah, that seems yeah, it seems a little a little excessive. Was there a water profile hmm. okay. we were shooting for? Uh, yeah, that was I, w- I was going off of the. Um, the water book from uh, yeah. John Palmer, and uh, so uh, they were kind of saying calcium minimum of fifty. So, but you're saying calcium maximum of fifty. Well, so uh, you know, I, think, I, could, I could keep that down. That's a little just bit. what Keith says. I think back you know, and forth. I mean, always, yeah, take I mean, what he says with a grain of salt. I always believe the guy who has a book. 
Keith has never written a book. I have recipes in a book. Then I, I give you that if you want to look at it. You know, uh, he might have written some pamphlets. There you go. I'm, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of that's a personal poetry. experience too. So um, I don't try it. Why not? If you're, I mean, you're probably going to brew it again. So no, you might as well no, mess yeah. with it. I, I cut, cut the middle between but, that, like do mm. fifty. The mean, like you know, do fifty. Then use calcium at fifty. Get your calcium to fifty. You want to, you know, you probably want to have, you know, more obviously for a beer like this, more chloride than. Than uh, sulfate, you know, and and go that direction, and whatever what is, it takes you to get there. What is that? Is chloride more hard, like a harder? Chloride's gonna give you more of the malt. It's gonna, yeah, it's gonna give you more of the essentially the softer malt. malt. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. And sulfate's gonna accentuate the the hop harshness, okay. kind of, yeah. Which no one really likes anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> but for this beer, you yeah. definitely don't want that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they don't even add bittering hops to IPAs anymore. I mean, <laughs> this is all whirlpool these days. Everything. Kids in your whirlpool. Uh, anything else, Tom? Uh, yeast train? Um, <laughs> uh, yeast train was, uh, <laughs> was uh, Weist um, Bavarian lager. Never heard of it. 2206, that's what that, that one is? Yeah, right. yeah, that one. Okay. We're trying to make up for that last show that we did, episode number 93, just sucked for asking for recipes, right? That's right. And here we are in 94. 94, we're getting making a, re- in a, depth. a rebound. We're going to talk for two hours Sorry. about this guy's recipe. Anything else, Tom? Awesome. Um, no, I think, uh, I think right. we covered it all. Fermentation temperature? <laughs> Where do you live, Ken? <laughs> well, what did you ferment at? Because you said you lagered, um, but that, that's, a, that's a range, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I lagered. I started at, uh, I think it was 50. I've got it here. Right here. Hmm. Um, uh, yeah, started at 50. Um Left it there for, uh, I think it was about three weeks. Um, then I, uh, two weeks. Then I started raising it, um, a degree a day, uh, until 60. Held it there for like, uh, a little less than a week. Cold crashed, um, left it at cold crash for like about a week because I just couldn't get to it. And then, um, okay. Did you, um, sorry, can I ask more questions, JP? Yeah, please do. No, no, please do. Um, first question is, here hear about the yeast starter and how much yeast you pitched. Second question is, did you, like, take any readings when you started raising the temperature, or was this more of a time-based sort of thing? Before you answer, Tom, uh, I want to, before you answer, I want to know why you're asking that, Keith. Just, just to, like, help, help the listeners, yeah. you know, track, track down why their own solutions. My insanity. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about the esters. I, I do get some of those apple esters, and I'm trying to figure out where they're coming from. And, okay. and, and honestly, some of the malts that you're talking about will give you some of those flavors, too. So it could be more malt-derived than, than fermentation-derived. I'm just trying to – in a lot of ways, I am being selfish, trying to make sense of my own <laughs> logic or what I've tasted. And like, hey, why did that happen? <laughs> He's trying to dial in his own recipes right here. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't, I don't need help with that. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I'm okay. interested in yeah, hearing, hearing that, that sort of side of it. Like, did you have – how much yeast did you pitch, and and what what would give us that? Fl- what would give me the flavor of red apple? A little yeah, bit, that's what I'm thinking about. Okay, so, thanks, Tom. I appreciate that. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. Um, so I uh, I did do a starter. Um, I let it. I start on. Uh, I usually start my starters on a Wednesday if I'm going to brew on a Saturday. Um, that's your first mistake. I, you need to always start your starters on a Tuesday. Uh, no matter what day you brew, it's always on a Tuesday. It's one of the rules. Wearing yeah. yellow, right? That's what you have to wear yellow when you make a starter. Oh no. Yeah. That guy go ahead, go ahead, Tom. <laughs> uh, so I, uh, uh, Beersmith uh, called for about 390 billion cells, and um, so I made a two-liter starter, and uh, I was 
coming in at uh, 346. So I was coming in a little low with the starter. So I pitched also just another vial or smack pack, I guess in this case. Hmm. Um, with when I when I was pitching, so I yeah, added a little bit more. The pitch temperature. Uh, I pitched at uh, as close to 50 as I could get. I think I was down to like... Which was 68. Yeah. No, sorry. Low 50s. Yeah, it was about 52 pitching. I think I I got it down to 50, and by the time I got my stuff together, I was like, oh, crap, it went up to 52. But But that should be fine. I think a two-degree swing, that shouldn't be a big deal, right? Yeah, that all sounds good to me. What about oxygen? Um, Really getting deep now, like uh, you oxygenate your work. Yeah, I have. Uh, I do it in line um, as I transfer from um, cattle to uh, to uh, my carboy. So it's not like really exact. I don't have like a timer on it. I kind of have to just go by like what the bubbles look like, and I'm still dialing all that in. It seems like every single time I brew, I add a new piece of equipment that completely messes me up. But it's so much fun. So <laughs> you don't have a way to measure the dissolved oxygen yet, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Such You're a disappointed chump. Keith yeah, over right. here. Yeah. No, that means even real breweries have a hard. Yeah, that's an expensive piece <laughs> yeah. of equipment. A real uh, yeah. PO meter. It's a lab. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, that's cool. That's and, and, and you, but you you're oxygenating in line. But are you is are you chilling to the the temperature where you're pitching at that point in time? Are you or are you chilling after you've oxygenated in line? Uh, I'm chilling before, hmm. so I chill uh, with a um, with the Jamilomatic uh, wort chiller. Gotcha. Okay, uh, the, the, the Recirc wort chiller. Yeah. Okay. That's, I mean, chilling before makes sense because you're going to get yeah. more dissolved oxygen that way. So no, of course. I, some people like, well, they'll they'll have a, a chiller in line and then they'll run the O2, the, before run O2 it. in and it'll go into a, like a, a fridge and then they'll chill it for like five hours and then pitch the yeast. Like, but I oxygenated it. But like, well, at sixty-eight degrees. Yeah, but yeah. now most of the oxygen is probably not in solution anymore. You know, whatever. Yeah. So that's why I was asking that question. Mm, okay, that's important. Anything else from anybody? No, let's let's move okay. on to the. All right, Tom, we're going to let you go then, bud. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate thanks, the, thanks for putting uh, up with info. us. Yeah. yeah, thank you, man. No, and uh, sure when you rebrew be. this, uh, let us know. Yeah, we'll do. All right, man. Cool. Cheers. Thanks. This is also Tom, but for hanging on for so long, I it's, bumped him for yeah. like an hour and a half. No, it's fun talking to people that know what they're doing too. He's he he seems like he really pays attention. Yeah, definitely. You know what else pays attention? The Smart Brew Water Testing Kit. It has a revolutionary photometer system, which is the first and only one on the market with its own app. And the app does all the math for you. There's no math need. There's no titration. There's no all this kind of stuff. Um, It's for home or commercial use. Uh, The only meter on the market that runs water tests with no math. Again, no math. That's my personal selling point because I'm stupid as a rock. It pairs via Bluetooth and updates your water results instantly to your own personal water profile. And then you can then email the uh, the results to the rest of your brew team if you're in a commercial brewery or post it to your Facebook page or your your brew club's Facebook page or something like that and let your home brew club get the lowdown on your base water profile. It can test for over 40 different water quality tests. Four come preloaded and more are available. You can test for things like total alkalinity, chloride, calcium hardness, pH, sulfate, and more. And it tests with needing only four milliliters of water per each test. It's pretty cool. Uh, you can save ten bucks on either the standard or advanced Smart Brew testing kit over at SmartBrewKit.com by entering code TBN10. SmartBrewKit.com. 
That's a pretty cool tool. It's a pretty cool tool, man. I like it. Um, and, you know, again, they're going to be at HomebrewCon. So uh, be sure to stop by the booth and take a look for yourself, man. It's a really, really cool thing. Um, even if you're not in the market for one or you already have one or whatever, uh, tell the people at uh, iDip at the Smart Brew Kit there. You know, the Smart Brew Kit makes the thing, right? Um, Thank you very much for for sponsoring Doctor Homebrew. Uh, just just let them know that you guys are listening and, and you're and you're looking at their stuff and you you want to buy their stuff and uh, that's really important for us. So uh, anyway, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna uh, give some grog tags away. We're gonna drink some more beer, and uh, that's about it. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you you have a cleaning problem, you need the five star solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800 782 7019. 800 782 7019 and get the five star treatment today. Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. I'm sorry to tell you this. Uh, I gotta do... have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, thanks for sticking with us, everybody. Uh, before we give stuff away, I want to point you guys to the Beer Bug. Go to beerbug.com. Uh, if you guys really need to monitor your fermentation, uh, well, let's be honest. You, you need to monitor your fermentation. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's important uh, just from an information standpoint. Uh, if you're anything like me, uh, it's really cool. It sits on the top of your carboy. It drops a little weight inside your beer while it's fermenting. So you get to know exactly when fermentation kicks off, where it's going, when it spikes, when it's declining. So you can either do a dry hop edition or, or rack out of it, or if you're making a cider, you can stop fermentation at any point in time, or a mead or something like that, and it saves all that data to an app. So check it out. The Beer Bug, they're great sponsors of the show. The product is really cool. I have one. I think it's a great product. Um, check them out. Beer Bug. Beerbug.com. <clears throat> okay. So before we give everything away, this is a beer that I made. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I made this beer. I was I was cooking and I was like heating up some ginger in a frying pan, and I was like, God, that smell of warm ginger 
to me would go great in an IPA, like a juicy, I like with juicy hops, right? Like the mm-hmm. fucking really citrusy tropical hops. Um, and then I put, and then I was thinking about it, like some maybe some oats. So I toasted some oats, right? Ginger, and, toasted oats, and um, Szechuan peppercorn. Oh, I don't know mm. why. <laughs> So, because you hate IPA and you like to abuse it, yeah. I've actually been drinking. I actually think it's pretty delicious. What's your What's your water profile? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll tell you, it's a carbon filter. What color Crocs were you wearing? <laughs> blue. Well, one blue and one green because I couldn't find the matching set. Oh. Um, I actually I drink this at home. I'm, I this is I I really enjoy it. it to me, it, it was the first time that I've thought of something weird like this, and it actually came together exactly the way I thought. That's called an idea. Yeah, is that what those are called? Yeah. Fuck, those are weird. So, no, this weird. is not as bad as I thought. Based on the description, I was like, this is going to be freaking <laughs> weird. It has an interesting like peppery chili sweetness that I. It's I a, thought you were going I was I was thinking you were going to say chilies or green chilies no. or yellow bell pepper or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I I wouldn't have guessed ginger, but when you said it I I can pick and that, that clicks, out. Yeah. yeah. But it's not spicy. No, it's, it's a warm kind of excuse flavors me. associated yeah. with those things. Yeah. I think it should be spicy. I think I'd like it, bread kind of. I like it better if it had just a tiny bit of like heat to back it. And no one likes that, of course. But yeah. you probably wouldn't want to have any if you put like a little bit of chili in it. But I, I would actually enjoy it more. But I, I like anything hot, so whatever. I'm yeah, the, I'm that idiot there that likes that sort of stuff. No, but. I mean I, I agree with you. If I had to do it again, which I don't know if I will, I probably wouldn't toast. I probably wouldn't put oats in it at all. Maybe I would just to mellow the mouthfeel out. But I don't think I would toast them. And then. I put in like toasted ginger, so I might put more ginger in, and then uh, I also put like some some I dry gingered or whatever. I just like scraped a bunch yeah. and threw it in there. So I might do more of that because I wanted that balance of that. I don't know, man. Nothing like cutting a slab of ginger and putting it on a frying pan, like with no oil, just let it get warm. Yeah. Smells so good, man. I'd say just triple the ginger, yeah, and then put in a little horseradish sauce <laughs> and squirt in a big freaking squirt of sriracha, and then and, and, and a celery. Root, celery root with like a, a giant piece of pizza on top of it. Yes, with a, I think it'd be great to mash it all in. Perfect. I don't know. JP the, made an IPA. The this problem is... with the problem with the toasted oats and, and with the hops is that for me, I get like it tastes like a little diacetyl, but I don't think it is. I've never really had a problem with that. I think it's the oats and the and the toasted ginger and the and that kind of like flavor profile is kind of leaving this what, thing. What hops did you put in here? Oh fuck! I forget now. I could tell it was an IPA. Was, yeah, I could tell. Like, oh well, there you go. Okay, so well, the I appreciate base, that. The base beer, you can tell it's it's a good IPA. Yeah, did you? Yeah. It was all the other. Use, here, let me see what I did. flavors that were kind of winning there. Yeah, tricking I, the you mind. You can tell what beer it is. Good. I'm glad to see that. Well, I'm just trying to yeah. trick everybody. It's dude. interesting the way the ginger plays with the hops too. It's yeah. just it's. You'd think it'd be weirder than it is. Oh, authorization failed. I'm trying to log in, but um, he can't get into his own spreadsheet. There we go. Got my recipe. Bro. Oh, here's. No, wait, what it's the not fuck too is? sweet or, or anything like that. Yeah, it's it's not, it, is, right. it is a little hard. I don't know why I'm trying to pick <laughs> everything I do. I, I nitpick stuff, but it, it does feel a little bit harsh. I wish it wasn't as yeah. harsh as it, it was. Feels like yeah, the water is maybe a little merrily, and it's driving the hops a little too much. Well, and I think it, I think some of that's the Szechuan peppercorn. 
That's yeah. a harsh herb. It's got a weird spiciness, spiciness that's not hot. It's like a it's the that Szechuan peppercorn. Tingly yes. weirdness. Yeah. Then that's what I was yeah. going for. But but I was afraid to use too much because what I, what I think well, it yeah, has it it's be. from the prickly ash tree. And like once you know that, it kind of tastes a little mm. ashy, like peppery, ashy kind of thing. But I don't get the the tingly spice, which is if you have like Szechuan food with the peppercorns, you bite it, and it's like it's all yeah. like numbing, right? That's well, as I the drink tingly more, I was going I'm for. getting more, more numb tongue. <laughs> Maybe it's <laughs> suggestive, but it's building. Yeah. Uh, okay, here here. So I used uh, f- uh, for two and a half gallons, sim- uh, five pounds of Simpson Golden Promise, four ounces of Crystal Fifteen, eight ounces of rolled oats, which I toasted, and two pounds of German Pilsner. I don't know. I don't know. I was just fucking around. Uh, so I use Chinook, Zythos, mm. Motueka, something called HBC four three eight, and then uh, Motueka at like a like a whirlpool edition, um, and then I dry hopped with Chinook and um, Motueka, I think. So somebody just gave you a bunch of weird hops. Yeah. And just no, I, honestly, I just went down to more beer and was like, hey, well, I'm going to let, let's just what look for tropical flavors. The weirdest, most modern hops you have. Yeah, it was weird because I've never done it. Somehow out of the pad? Yeah, know, that would work out. Like, well, because yeah. I because I this is my thing and I want it to be an IPA up front. I wanted to and so I, I wanted like a pine hit. And for me, uh, you know, I don't I haven't pine gotten out vapor, of the pine vaporizer mm-hmm. vaporizer dude. That'd be fine. <laughs> I don't know. Weird, right? Yeah. It's unique, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely unique. I'll tell you what's not weird, but is unique, is the Brew Guru app from the AHA. From the American Homebrew Association, if you guys need to, to, to figure out where you can best hone in on those deals, uh, because if you're an AHA member, and of course you are, um, you get uh, usually 10% off on a bunch of different places, brew pubs and bars and whatever. Um, but it's hard to know which one of those gives you the discount. So connect with the Brew Guru app. It's free on anywhere you get your apps. Um, add your little, uh, you know, your number in there. And wherever you are, it'll tell you, hey, this bar down the street has the, uh, you know, has these discounts for you. You know, leave where you are or whatever. Or if I'm sitting in a bar, I'm like, oh, did this one do a discount or not? And you don't want to go to a website. Like, I was just like, oh, click on the app. Right. It's right up top. It's and like, then you show them. You don't have to carry your card around it's right there and explains them all you show them your phone super easy it's pretty cool plus you can read articles from Zymergy on it too Mm -hmm. which is kind of nice also Um, and really it'll just kind of introduce you to Excuse me, I'm burping all over the place. Uh, places you've never been. If you go, you travel a lot, the Booger app will help you find cool places to go and drink. So check it out. You can go to homebrewassociation.com to learn more or just go to your app store and, uh, and uh, Brew Guru. Grab that thing. Okay, let's give something away. Brian, who, uh, who wins the Grog Tags? I'm pretty sure. Our well, $40 Grog Tag gift certificate here. Uh, yeah, we don't have uh, you know another prize. Grog tag takes the yeah. segment, which is uh, amazing. Tom gets the grog tag, I believe. Tom, all right, congratulations, Tom. You get forty bucks at grogtag.com. Head over there now, uh, and then if you guys want to save ten percent off your grog tags, uh, use code BN Army. Right and Michael just gets the, the pleasure of being in our presence. He gets the pleasure of being in our presence. I get to try JP's experience. And there, there you oh, go. What's this, what's this we're drinking, though, by the way? Just, what are we drinking Let's right mention now? this, because this is fantastic. I have the, the honor of being a part of the uh, Sante Adarius Cellar Club, okay. Syrah's Cellar. And I brought one of their seasonals from this last year. It's called Variations on a Theme. It's a 6.8 uh, sour blend that they do. That's great really beer. Nice. Thank yeah, you for bringing it. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate My it, pleasure. man. My treat. 
Excuse me, I choked on my own saliva drinking my own beer like an idiot, like a big dummy. Anyway, uh, the Spring Fest is coming up April 1st, everybody. So go to thebringnetwork.com, find out how to get tickets, join us in Toto Santos Park here across the street from the studio, and uh, drink some beer and come hang out with us, and it'll be a great time. Uh, I'm sure of it. Anyway, thanks for hanging out. This has been Dr. Homebrew. See ya.